0: This week on Erotic Awakening, swinging.
1: Welcome to Erotic Awakening with Dan and Dawn, a weekly view of all things erotic. From BDSM to erotic spirituality, from swinging as a lifestyle to simply fun kink, each week we bring you a diverse offering of erotic and alternative lifestyles in its many forms. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics, This podcast is intended for consenting adults over the age of 18. If you are offended by this type of content, we recommend you stop listening right now.
2: Hi, Dom. Hi, Diane. Welcome to episode 68. We finally get to talk about swinging. Yay! We've been talking about wanting to talk about it for a long time, but this is one of those topics where you and I are pretty clueless. So we wanted to have somebody who had a clue talk about it with us, and fortunately, we had a listener... A guy named Eric, mm-hmm. he wrote us out of the blue and said, hey, I'd be happy to come in and talk about it. And we got a nice interview with him and uh, he gave us some good information. So, Well,
0: it's kind of awesome because, uh, well, actually it's kind of odd that uh, we can't talk about swinging and the main reason for that is because we suck at it. That's very <laughs> so true. It was nice to have someone call in.
2: Yep. And uh, it's really interesting the differences between a, um, like a swing club and a house party. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. And maybe we won't suck at it for much longer because Eric invited us to come out to a house party. He did. Maybe it's just a matter of practice.
0: Oh, see, I like that idea.
2: (laughs) Before we get into that, we got some other stuff uh, we're going to do today. We have a a great uh, 69 Seconds with Sarah Sloan. And she talks about being an active listener and how you can do that for negotiations. We also have, uh, Sarah offered us a special deal for our listeners, and Uh uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay, sounds good. And of course, we have question of the day. Yes. (laughs) Interesting question, and you have a really interesting answer. It's one that I don't have a lot of skill or knowledge about.
0: Okay, we'll we'll see how I can explain the answer that I have. (laughs)
2: And so we'll we'll get right into that stuff. I guess before we get there, I want to talk a little bit about uh, how we have spent our weekend away from traveling and away from doing uh, presentations and stuff.
0: Yeah, we've actually had um, pretty much a good solid two weeks. Of being off of presenting and everything. It's been kind of weird being home on the weekends. The, the dog's not sure what to think.
2: <laughs> and I know the people that check on the dog are quite happy yes. that we're not yes. going away. And, um, <laughs> so it's been nice to reconnect a little bit with our local community, right? Absolutely. Friday, we went to something that uh, the Adventures in Sexuality group puts together here mm-hmm. in central Ohio called the Perversion, Perversion Dis- Diversion. yes. And uh, this time around, it was at a bowling alley. Mm-hmm. And I think we took over, what, six lanes?
0: Yeah, they had uh, six lanes that were full. And that's not counting the people that were just sitting around socializing like we were.
2: Yep, and there's a, there's a good number of those. And the really interesting thing to me and to you as well when mm-hmm. we get there... This is our hometown. This is where we um, where we hang out and we get our kink on. Right. And at the uh, perversion diversion, about half the people there we didn't even recognize.
0: I know it was it was interesting. I really liked meeting the new people. So, and it, it's kind of cool to see who's coming into the kink community.
2: Mm-hmm. I think that that so many people being there who we didn't recognize is half a reflection of the fact that. We travel enough that we don't necessarily make it to a lot of local events, Mm -hmm. but also just how many new people are joining the community and, you know, the word's getting out and people are coming out and they're, um, they're, they're embracing their naughty side. (laughs) And and the nice thing about that and the nice thing for new people coming into the lifestyle, they don't have to worry about, Oh, you've all known each other for 10 years already. (laughs) You've already, uh, and there's the cat trying to... Ke- Come on, Cat. He's
0: making love to the microphone. He, he is
2: marking this microphone He's as him. He's having
0: his erotic awakening.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I really don't think that this show is pet appropriate. No. So, um, just that it's... If you're a newcomer, there's a lot of other people new to the lifestyle as well. So you don't have to feel like an outsider. You're, right. you know.
0: And they were having a great time. So, obviously, they felt welcome. And, you know, they were just... Everybody was getting along
2: with everybody and old timers, new timers. It, it was a good time. Yep, sure was. And then the, uh, the following day, I ended up going to the submissive round table. Yes. And before uh, longtime listeners freak out and say, oh, what happened? Because <laughs> this is
0: something I usually go to. <laughs> yes.
2: As it happens, this time around, the submissive roundtable invited the dominants to join them. Mm-hmm. And uh, normally, dominants do not go to the submissive roundtable. Exactly. But this time around, they ask the dominants to come along. And that way, it's a nice opportunity for dominants to ask submissives questions, the submissives to ask the dominants point of view on things. Right. And to generally interact in a non-play, non-pressure, non-pressure. situation. Right. Yeah,
0: yeah. So um, they try to have one of those about once a year, and um, I
2: think it's a really good thing. I, I was bummed I missed this one. So that was a lot of fun. That was very interesting mm-hmm. for me. <laughs> and uh, before people say, "Well, you guys are like these adventures and sexualities homers," you know, just because they're a one of your sponsors, that's all you ever go on about. The other thing we did this weekend had nothing to do with adventures and mm-hmm. sexuality, did it? Nope, not at all. The uh, one of the local. Um rope artist. One of the local rope artists had a class, a guy named Master Phoenix, mm-hmm. and he did rope basics, which is great for me because <laughs> basics is about where I'm at. That's the level of rope play that I am at skilled at. I'm uh-huh. not a rigger. If you wanna learn more about rigging go check out Rope Cast and Great right, Dancer right. or um Lee Harrington or uh Loki Loki or or, many of those many yeah. of those other great rope guys. That's not me. That's not us. <laughs> but I did manage, though. I did my homework today, didn't I? Yes, you did. <laughs> and as you sit across from me right now, you are dressed in a rope harness with I your... Am, with uh, my
0: bright pink, neon pink rope and mm-hmm. some extra white rope, and it's all hot.
2: <laughs> now, I tried to put one of those knots near or on your clitoris. How did we do with timing that worth...
0: Uh, Rocking, Yes, it's right there.
2: <laughs> well, that's good to know.
0: And, and you did something naughty with me, didn't you? You made me do an exhibitionist
2: thing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I did indeed. After you already had your little rope dress on. And we put this on over clothing, over a black mm-hmm. thing, like sundress, sundress. Yeah. Um I realized that the car was not parked where it pleased me to have it parked. So you had to go outside in the daylight in your rope dress and move the car.
0: That was so scary. (laughs) But it was so cool.
2: It's nice to know that even though you've been around for a little while, we can still push you along a little and and find things that you were pausing and make your breath catch. Yes. Yes. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexuality, Central Ohio's kinky fun group. Find out more at adventuresinsexuality.org. So Dawn, today our question of the day is one that you are going to be able to answer much easier than I am. I sure hope so. Uh, someone on one of the boards asked the question, and I thought it was a pretty good question, Mm -hmm. and and we forget about this one if once we've been around for a while, we just assume everybody knows what this is. Mm -hmm. So they asked the question, what is subspace?
0: Now, I've actually been asked that question a couple of times. I went to a a submissive roundtable a couple of months back, and somebody was asking what is subspace, and we've actually been to an event before where, um, this was a while back, where people didn't even, had never heard of subspace, and I found that interesting. But the way I try to explain it, and actually I'm a very visual person, so it's hard to put words to this sometimes, and and think I do podcast, but <laughs> it's still hard to put words to it. But to me, subspace is when your walls completely drop and you kind of trance. So it's like you go into a space of surrender and... It, it's, it's still very hard to describe. I mean, it could be, for me, it's a place of surrender. It's like, um, if you've got me up on the cross and you're flogging me and spanking me and, you know, I can kind of trance a little bit and I can trance, and I but I'm still there in the room. And then there's just this moment where it's all gone. The room is gone. Everything is about what i'm feeling and the only way i can put it is is a trance so i mean some people could describe it a little differently but that's what it is for me so at that point you can pretty much do anything to me (laughs) hopefully i've negotiated very well and the person has the ethics to follow the negotiations because You know, I just get into that space where you can pretty much do anything. Um, Sometimes I can't verbally respond. You know, if you look at me, my eyes are going to be glazed over. And I don't know. What do you see when I go into subspace?
2: Well, it's really interesting, and it's a lot of fun, by the way, when you get into subspace when we're in the middle of a presentation. If we're doing sensual <laughs> spanking and I'm demonstrating on you, and then suddenly you're in la-la land. Mm-hmm. Um, what I really see of subspace is it's a place of, to use some pagan language, it's a place of perfect trust. Yes. Where you've become completely vulnerable and Mm -hmm. let down all of your walls and all of your shields and it's a kind of a deep and i'm almost tempted to use the word spiritual although i think people will misunderstand if i use that terminology might be able to use gnosis it's absolutely a form of gnosis Mm -hmm. and uh, for listeners that may not be familiar with that term would you explain that to them
0: i'm not even sure that i can but again it's a uh like a Crossing of the realms. I mean, this is uh, this a trans is state, a, trans is a state. I think is the easiest way to yeah. explain it.
2: So when you get into there, it's it's and it, it very much becomes even a, even a greater gift when you know. I, I very much uh, am not opposed to seeing uh, people enjoying themselves during a scene, right? Mm-hmm. And you see people giggling and laughing and talking and having conversations and stuff as they bottom for scenes, and that's fine. But I really want to see a deeper connection. And to me, subspace is an indicator of you've really stopped thinking about stuff. Right. You've stopped engaging in conversation and interacting from a perspective of how was your day. Mm -hmm. And you've allowed yourself to go into a deeper place where Mm -hmm. you are, like I said earlier, you're vulnerable and you're willing to travel wherever I want to take you.
0: Oh, see, I like that part of it, too. The willing to travel. So that is just it's awesome, and it can be caused by different things. I mean, for a lot of us, it's caused by endorphins. you know, so if pain is involved or something like that, it can be caused by endorphins. Um, pain doesn't have to be involved to go to subspace. one of the One of the major things that will take me to subspace is when I am dominated. Mm-hmm. When somebody masters me and puts me down on my knees. You know, that is a major thing that will take me to subspace. So that is part of why I go there when we do presentations, you know, like the sensual spanking one. Partly because there is some pain involved, you know, when, when you're showing these things, you don't really have a chance to, to really do the warm-up and stuff. So there's pain involved. So the endorphins kick in and it's fun. But it's also about you grabbing my hair and throwing me across the bench. Mm-hmm. You know, that does it even more than the spanking
2: very cool. <laughs> if you have a question you would like us to handle on Question of the Day, there's a variety of ways for you to get a hold of us.
0: There is. So we have uh, Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com.
2: Or you can use the Got Comment form on the webpage. Facebook, Erotic Awakening, all one word. Voicemails 206-309-0054. Fet Life is Erotic Awakening, two words. And Twitter, Dan and Dawn, one big
0: word. Nice.
3: Hi, this is Sarah Flom with 69 Seconds. And today, I want to talk a little bit about active listening as a tool for negotiation. Quite often, as we negotiate both play relationships and intimate relationships, We think of that negotiation as a process that involves me telling you what I want to tell you and then you telling me what you want and us finding a balance between what we've said. But more often, we can find way more out about the person with whom we're speaking if we just take a few minutes and actively listen to what they're saying. Rather than trying to come up with our responses, rather than trying to read between the lines, if we just listen, and process what they're saying. By paying attention to not just the physical words that they're saying, but to the meaning behind them, we can often learn far more about the actual feelings of the person that we're negotiating with than we can through any other means. For instance, a tone of voice may tell us the exact opposite of what the person's words are saying, which then gives us an opportunity to explore that a little bit further in future discussions. The other thing to keep in mind is that we're in an environment in our world where very often people feel like they aren't listened to. So by extending your active listening skills when you're doing negotiations with people, you'll find that they are warmer and more responsive to you and more willing to really listen and understand when it's your turn to talk. Again, this was Sarah Sloan with 69 Seconds.
0: Sarah Sloan comes to us courtesy of Love You Parties. And you can see Sarah at the Spank Festival in Wisconsin on June 17th through the 20th and at the Leather Retreat in Maryland the 24th through the 27th.
2: Also, as an added special bonus for listeners of Erotic Awakening, and uh, Sarah, well, very nice of her to do this for us. Uh, she says, Anyone that wants to become a Love You consultant, that hears about it on the podcast. Uh, She's going to do a dealio where they get a special bonus kit, absolutely free, when they sign up through Sarah Sloan. And all they have to do is contact Sarah Sloan directly through sarahsloan.net and tell her that you heard about this through the Erotic Awakening podcast and you get your your special bonus kit, absolutely free. So if you've thought about becoming a Love You Parties consultant... Then uh, make it extra special, worth your while, and uh, very neat. And we very, very much we very much appreciate Sarah coming, giving us that opportunity for our listeners, and mm-hmm. and for being on the show in general. Um, it's a great pleasure for us to have someone like sarah sloan take an interest in our podcast and hopefully it's a a win-win situation as they say
0: nice so and for anybody in the columbus area or the central ohio area i do have sarah coming in and doing a love you party right here in columbus coming up at the beginning of july Ooh.
2: (laughs) (laughs) hmm So dawn. Yes. We often say that we suck at being swingers.
0: I think we do. I think what? we have tried time and time
2: and time again. <laughs> but how do you define that? What do you mean? I mean? We go to swing clubs. Yes. We've been to swing clubs. Yes. One particular in Columbus is uh, is no longer available, like mm-hmm. closed down, but we went there a number of times. Oh, we, yeah. We've been a member of different swing clubs. Mm-hmm. We've been in different swing clubs in different areas we've around the nation. We've done different house parties. We've done
0: different things like that.
2: So why do you say we suck at swinging? What is it that we're not
0: doing? What is it that we're not doing? Um, I think we're spending too much time talking to
2: people (laughs) instead of pulling them back into bedrooms. The the reality is if you are going to a swing party or swing club, the impression I get Mm -hmm. is you're going there because you want to get with somebody.
0: Right. So, and now when we go, we um, sometimes we we'll play by ourselves. Sometimes we went on a week night where there weren't a lot of other people there. Sometimes it was just about exhibitionism. Sometimes we brought people with us.
2: Normally, we bring people with us, or yeah. we go with the intent of playing with each other, just mm-hmm. having a different place to. Uh, be with each other a different place to fuck than than our normal bedroom right and there's a little bit of niceness about that right a particular club that we used to belong to was open on tuesday and thursday yes. nights not a lot of people show up there and you can go grab other rooms and it got it a us,
0: little... yeah yeah it got us away from our house where the kids were mm-hmm. it's cheaper than a hotel mm-hmm. hot tub pool table you know it was it was really great and
2: you know like i said some people would watch us and that was awesome. Yep. But other times we've gone to the club that we have been with other people, it's because mm-hmm. we took those people with us. Right. With right. the intent of exploring each other. Yes. So so, so, so the reason we. Yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> I've hooked up with people
0: before there that we haven't showed up with. <laughs> now that's very true though. So
2: you have successfully. Now, it, and again, we'll, we talk about. So we suck at being a swinger. So what mm-hmm. does that mean? It means that we get can't go to swing clubs. And meet people there and right. engage in some kind of sexual activity. Right. But you're implying that you don't suck as bad as we suggest that you do.
0: Well, I was kind of. Um, uh, it was a bet with a pool game, so it was a game
2: of pool. You know. Well, you kind of pushed me into it too. So, but and other <laughs> situations that you've gone there, mm-hmm. and I can think of three instances that three? you've gotten lucky. Or, so to speak, at a swing club. Three? Yes, three.
0: Oh, wait. One, two. Okay, I can think of three. I wonder if they're the same three.
2: I don't know. (laughs) I will say, though, oh, podcast listeners, if your line, your pickup line on Dawn is, I want to eat your pussy. (laughs) That was number three. And she responds by saying, and what else? And you say, nope, that's it. I just want to eat your pussy. Mm-hmm. Then that's what's going to happen. And once you get her into the other room and you eat her pussy and then say, all right, now suck me and now let's do this and now let's do that. She's going to look at you and say, no. We had negotiations and yes. negotiation was. Hopefully they listened to <laughs> this podcast and heard Sarah talking about active listening and negotiations because Dawn is a neg- listener. right. And if you say this is what's going to happen, that's when it's going to happen. Now, when we listen to uh, Eric talk, mm-hmm. or we listen to, I happen to be, I've, lately I've been listening to a podcast called um, Swap Foo. Ooh. And you can find out more about that at swapfoo.blogspot.com. And Mr. and Mrs. Swap Foo, they are swingers, and that's all they talk about. Uh huh. You kind of get the impression that. You set the stage and let things go the way they go. So negotiation in their life doesn't seem to be such a big deal.
0: Okay. Well, I can understand that as well. So I guess what do they do? They just kind of set up a few limits and then just go from there? No, Or no. not even that?
2: I, I, would, I can only tell you the episode I listened to was mm-hmm. episode nine. They brought in a woman. They brought in another woman. They got drunk and then they oh. had sex. Oh, no. Well, this is the... the this is what happened. That's this is what works for them.
0: Okay, well, if it works for them, I, I guess it works for them. So maybe it is, you know, and that may be a downfall of coming from a BDSM background and then going into a swinging mm-hmm. scene, because or you know, a swinging club or whatever. And we've done a house party like that way back at the beginning, where the bottom half was BDSM, the top half was a swing party, mm-hmm. and even if I came up from the basement with this big ass collar on. You know, people from the swing side would come up and touch me. Right. And it would it would offend me because in the, in the BDSM community, you would never touch, you know, somebody with a collar on. Mm-hmm. You were owned by somebody else. And the swinging community just didn't get that. So there's, like, different protocol right, on both sides. So that could be why we suck at it, too, because we're, we know negotiation, you
2: know. That's what we do. And... We don't just fall into bed. Do you think that's a problem? Do you think that one of the things that I should put on my 101 things to do before I die list is to be a competent swinger? Do you think that, I mean, look at us, you know, erotic awakening, yeah. and presenters and sluts and all this other stuff. Do you think I should practice this skill of going, being able to go to a swing club, pick out somebody that's interesting, and they're interested in me, and just uh-huh. be able to go fuck and not have a big deal about it?
0: I don't know, because I I like the idea that we need to have a connection with somebody. You know, yes, people have fun doing that. Mm -hmm. I don't know that it absolutely needs to be a goal. I mean, when I did my field research on this, you know, a couple (laughs) of months back, it was like, oh, yeah, you know, you've got all these fantasies about a swing club. And like I said, it works for some people. And then I'm so used to connecting with people now, Mm -hmm. you know, that when I went in there, I just I couldn't. I mean, I ended up finding somebody, but it was because we connected, mm-hmm. and because I didn't want to leave there without connecting with somebody. Which is the attitude a lot of them have, right? <laughs> right?
2: You know, and so I think a lot of it is what is the attitude that you go in there with? You know, right. what are you, being. Having that idea that I want to accomplish something, and I want to accomplish having sex with someone. And mm-hmm. it's so funny to me when I, t- I listen to people talk about how hard it is to get laid and how hard it is to find you know people to have sex with. I tell you, man, you, you go to a swing club. That's what people are going there for. Men right. and women are going there to have sex. They're going there to meet people they want to hook up with, right? Mm-hmm. Take a shower, brush your teeth, comb your hair, dress nice, and pay your door fee. Chances are you go, things are going to work out for you.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I totally agree with that. But uh, when I went, you know, I had this fantasy in mind. And um, it, it's easier when I go with someone else, mm-hmm. you know, because you, you've already got that worked out. So not going by myself. I mean, I had a friend, you know, it was her swing club, and I went and I hung out with her. But I could have fulfilled one of my fantasies just because there was enough guys there that would have been into the whole double penetration thing mm-hmm. but the way the guys were introduced to me it was like oh this is Jim Bob and he has a blue ribbon tied around his tongue that's what he's known for right you know and this is uh, Joe Blow and you know he can go for 25 minutes and you know but they were introduced to me with their sexual skills mm-hmm. Not with who they were as people. And I, for some reason, I need to know who they are as people for the most part. Yeah. You know, I'm going to get called on that at some time, <laughs> at some point.
2: <laughs> the reality is we do suck at swinging, yes. which is not a good thing or a bad thing. Mm-mm. It's not who we appear to be. At the moment. Lucky for us, Eric does not suck at swinging. <laughs> He's very skilled at it, and he shared some great stuff with us.
4: Tonight we are talking with Eric from Indianapolis. And, Eric, you are one of those rare and hard-to-find people called a swinger. Thanks for being on the
5: show. No problem at all. Um, I don't think we're that rare and hard-to-find, actually. It's uh, that uh <laughs> it's <a writer. laughs>
1: So if we go to a swing club, we can find you, but to get anybody to talk about it has actually been a challenge.
5: That's true. Um, there's not a lot of people that are open... To discussing things publicly in forums because uh, because of their jobs and and you know family members that don't know. But uh, luckily, my family members are a little more elderly, so the chances of them uh, uh, being in the same venues and and uh, websites and so forth to to be able to find me is very slim. So we're more open to discuss to uh, sc- discuss our situation.
1: So they're probably not listening to the podcast then, right? Correct.
5: <laughs> that is correct.
4: To, to the best of your knowledge,
5: anyway. <laughs> to the best of my knowledge, and if not, if not, we've already discussed it with each other. It's one of those. Oh well, we'll deal with it when it happens.
4: There you go. Well, so, Eric, uh, this is not your first time being interviewed about being a swinger. My understanding is you were on a uh, a television show and some other interviews where uh, you've spoken about being a swinger before.
5: Yes, yes, I. I this, my wife and I were uh, contacted a few years ago by a television program and. Uh, we were flown out to New York on a Thursday night and recorded the show the next day, and uh, and then uh, flew us right back home to, on Friday. So it uh, they discussed uh, they we had we were on a whole panel of guests. Oh, very really cool! Sounds
1: like fun though being flown out to New York. <laughs> it was
5: it was a, a little bit of jet setting for us, but. Uh,
4: <laughs> <laughs> So let's get let's get going. What's what is
5: a swinger? How do you define a uh, swinger? I think everybody defines it in their own way per, you know, based on their own rules and 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 you know, emotions and and physicalities. But uh, to me and my wife personally, a swinger is a, a married couple who has sexual relations outside of the marriage with other people.
4: Okay. That's, so that's, that's
5: I, basically that's yeah, that's, yeah basically
4: I mean, that's basically it. Basically <laughs> it, huh? But, but the whole I'm finding in there is that it seems to imply that if while Dawn's at work, if I uh, sneak over to the neighbors and shagger, that would be considered swinging. <laughs>
5: um, if, as long as it's uh, uh discussed and and arranged, and and again, like I said, it's all up to each and everybody's rules. Like uh, for example, Kim and Kim and my rules, uh, we've we've come to the point in our relationship where it's pretty much. Um, we give each other the veto power, which means uh, I can call her if we're not together and she's at work and I'm at home or vice versa. One calls the other and says, hey, can I go over to the neighbors and shag her? And uh, the other can go, yeah, sure, have a good time. And, or no, you know, you know, give, give them the veto power. And then if, if that's all set up, then you can go over to the neighbor and uh, have some fun. So okay. that's, it's all based on uh, each individual's rules because I know a few of our friends have uh, more strict rules that there's no having fun with anybody when the other person's not even in the same room. And then there's completely open, uh, that are even more open than we are, that they don't even want to know what their partner's doing. They can go out and have fun and do whatever you want. Just don't tell me about it. So there's they're <laughs> all levels. And
4: it's funny because, you know, when when I think about swingers, well, I think when the average person thinks about swinging, they do
5: think that it's kind of a completely hedonistic, wide-open, no way. You get the vision of the 1970s strip club and in the back room where you have the orgy and, uh, and <laughs> you know, the guys in the bell-bottoms. Uh, <laughs> right. No, it's a – and it can be that way. Don't get me wrong. But um, for the most part, it, it's pretty much like anything that you see on TV when then you finally experience it in real life. It's not quite – what you saw on TV. Uh, it's uh, more relaxed. Uh, if if you want to basically think of a typical swing party that we host as a, just a normal house party, people come over, have bring the beer, snacks, sit around, chat, smoke outside, have fun talking, and occasionally there will be people uh, having oral sex next to you on the couch or uh, taking each other privately into the back room, or you might go into the garage and even see a, a little bit of a light BDSM session going on. Uh, and it's it's very really varied, and there's no no participation is required by anybody. You can totally come and be a voyeur, or uh, be a full participant, or a little bit of both. And and uh, the the main rule of, of the parties is uh, no means no, and pretty much anything else goes as far as you discuss it with the uh, the partners and and people involved in whatever you're doing. So well,
1: I've got a couple of questions for you, but I'll stick with one for the moment. Sure. You mentioned the beer, and um one of my one of my experiences with going to the swing clubs and stuff is that there um does seem to be quite a bit of drinking
5: so um, at, at the clubs yes, um Kim and I typically do not personally we do not go to clubs uh we have been to in the past and, and that's just not our scene because uh there there does seem to be a lot of uh lubrication you know necessary to uh to get the the party going for a lot of the people that, that go to clubs. So, uh, Kim and I tend to uh, gravitate more towards the house party side of it, and that is bring your own alcohol, and uh, uh, and usually it's not, uh, you know, it's a house party setting, so it's usually not quite as flowing. I, I know that seems weird, but it seems like the more public venue of a swing club where you have a ton of strangers, people tend to get drunk a, a lot more than they do at the house parties where they sort of typically already know you either through, emailing back and forth for a while or uh, actually have been to previous parties with you before, so you're more friends there and it's more, hey, pass me a beer rather than, Oh, I've got to be a little tipsy to, to get with this stranger over here.
1: Right, right. And like I said, I don't we haven't done a house party in a really long time, but you know, just the club experience, it's you know, I'm used to the B D S M world where there's no drinking. So right. it takes a little getting used to.
5: Right, um, right. And it, well, and and I and I think I have a little experience with that too. Uh, some of my friends are really into that scene as well, and so I think it takes a lot more. It's going to sound weird, but a lot more trust for a partner for the BDSM world than it does to just have random sex with with somebody else. And and I think that's. Why the the alcohol is a little more uh, discouraged, or even just not used in the BDSM world compared to the swinging world. Whereas in the swinging world, you've got to, you, you want to be more in the party, you know, dance around, you know, fun, and then jump on somebody' mood. So alcohol is usually a little more involved in that side.
1: Understandable.
4: <laughs> you mentioned earlier about um, the, one of the core rules is no means no. Do you, does that mean that if you and a lady are on the couch, that I can walk over and stick my dick in something, and I'm okay as long, And if somebody doesn't like that, they'll just speak up and say uh, no. And um, is my responsibility to walk away, or is it
5: not that it's, simple? It it it's not that simple, and it, and it's it's uh, there's a lot of prearrangement going on. Um, it's um. Uh, to, to put it maybe into a more experience of you and your listeners, that like a BDSM session, if somebody walks up, is it okay for somebody just to uh, to grab one of the tails and start wailing on the uh, the participant? You know, it's it's you know sometimes maybe that's okay, sometimes maybe it's not. It's all depending on the party setting, uh, the people involved. Um, usually I would say on average, no, it's, it's mostly like if there's people making out on the couch, you can walk up and, and kind of feel the vibe. And if, you know, the girl kind of grabs your arm and pulls you in or the guy grabs your arm and pulls you in, you know, then, and everybody is okay with it and everybody starts kissing, then it's okay to to stick whatever and wherever. But, uh, usually it's, you know, people separate on their own or, you know. A couple would go up to a girl or another guy and say, "Hey, do you want to come back to the room with us and uh, have some fun?" Or, you know, uh, it's more more typically uh, kind of uh, think of it as a singles bar without the singles, kind of. <laughs> okay. So
1: sometimes there are singles. You know,
5: you see the right. The well, yeah, mostly the- mostly female, mostly female singles, and and that's that was really surprising to me when I first got in the lifestyle uh, six, seven, eight years ago. Uh, that that actually there are more female swingers out there than male swingers, and and you you, you I wanted to go what uh, aren't men supposed to be the horn dog ones who just want to go around and hump everything? But uh, no, actually the the females are the ones that are, are really more free with their sexuality. It's not really the horn It's just they're more free with their sexuality compared to uh, uh, men who are a little more. Uh, no, I don't want my wife with another guy, but I want six other girls on me. <laughs> but but women are pretty much more of the free ones that, sure, you go have fun, Annie, if I get to go have fun.
4: Okay. And are there other – you mentioned earlier about the rules that you have with your partner that other people don't have. Um, so it's, it is – there's a lot of different it, – it sounds like we can set up swinging to be appropriate for what me and my partner are comfortable for.
5: Right. And and it's, and it's really – everybody has their own rules, and, and it's not like you, you meet up with two people that have the same exact rules. That's that's pretty rare. I mean, down to the letter. So it's – it's and it's – rule discussion is, is usually the first step. It's like, you know, hi, how you doing? You get to know each other, talk and chatting, and then it's pretty blatant, you know. So uh, what are your guys' rules is usually the question, or what are your limits? Or, or, or do you guys swing alone? Do you swing apart? Same room, different room? you know and then it's pretty much a whole big discussion and you find out where each rules can overlap and you and you can enjoy each other's company and then go from there okay
4: so what's the um what's the soft, then? soft swing then
5: soft swing is uh, a soft swing would be uh, uh, no penetration no intercourse uh usually like that. well well anal uh, or vaginal penetration usually uh usually it's oral sex um uh, uh, mutual masturbation um kissing uh, pretty much anything up up to penetration anally or vaginally.
4: Okay, so do do a lot of people start that way and progress? Oh yeah, in-
5: yeah. yes. Um, I would say, you know, on average, from uh, I can just only speak from the experience of my friends that I've I've seen and, and been around. But uh, on the average that I've seen, um, most of my friends were already in in one lifestyle or another, such as the BDSM or the Dom Sub or uh, uh, you know, swinging already, and uh, they're pr- they were pretty much all already desensitized to you know working themselves up into <laughs> you know a penetration situation. So uh, most of the ones that are, that have been around me, it's it's usually you no. Know, when you take on a new partner, you, if they're okay with penetration, you're okay with penetration. You go back in the room and basically fuck, and uh, <laughs> and that's and that's that. But as, as far as new couples, when we meet new couples like offline, that they're hey, we're looking, we're just starting out and whatnot that tends to be uh, the, the – you sit on the couch and you make out for a while, and, and there are rules at first where let's just make out and see where it goes from there. And usually if it progresses from there, they they still might be okay with penetration and, and full-on sex. as the, uh, In the same night, you know, rules are are pretty fluid. It just depends on if everybody agrees on it. And, uh, you know, the husband and wife look at each other, and one isn't all steamy and the other's uh, happy is 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 what happens with brand new couples who who are who try to uh, assign rules to each other
4: okay well I'm, I'm, that makes sense
1: um, so I'm getting a good feel for the house party though you said you know there's like cuddling on the couch and you know things oh, like yeah. that and you know each other and stuff so yeah, <laughs> the house parties
5: are a lot more go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: No, that's okay. I'm just saying it, it's different. It's been, like I said, years since we've done the house party. That was way at the the beginning of us getting together. But, well, um, I think there's you know, a lot
5: a lot less pressure at at house parties because to me, when you go to a club, you're chucking down fifty bucks just to get in the door, and then you go, right. and then if you want drinks or food or something like that, and by that time, you know, the most of the time, the guy or even the girl is like, man, if I don't get laid after spending a couple hundred bucks tonight, I'm pissed off. So most of the people there are there to do something. Now the house parties are more relaxed because, you know, you're just there to see your friends or just to meet new people in the lifestyle and and have a good time chatting and then have some fun. If thing fun arises and that's, and it's way more laid back at, at the house parties.
1: Well, I may have to try that again because my <laughs> last experience at the club just wasn't so great. Great people. Well,
5: we'd uh, I'd like to extend the offer to invite both of you guys to, to one of our house parties and, and you're welcome to come and, uh, and uh, spend the night and uh, have fun and just check it out and see what's going on. There's a a big BDSM scene at our house parties, as well as just plain old uh, vanilla sex, uh, uh, clear through swinging, and and it's just a good mix of everybody.
1: (laughs) I like that idea.
5: (laughs) You're grabbing an overnight bag. (laughs)
4: And the counter. Right. (laughs) But, you know, one of the things that I was worried about when I first – heard about swinging, and, you know, we went to uh, a club or a house party, is what kind of people are going to show up? And I don't know about in other situations, and uh, a lot of times you'll hear them uh, referred to as Ken and Barbie types, you know, guys that make a, uh, spend a lot of time at the gym and... Right, right, right.
5: No, no. (laughs) Yeah, the the Ken and Barbies are are usually the club goers, and that's because the Ken and Barbies, uh, I I found out, I've just personally a little more aggressive in their sexuality as far as uh they want what they look like and that's why they tend to gravitate towards the clubs because they know if you're paying to get in chances are you know the (laughs) that you're you're there for one reason one reason only the the house parties is there's there's a very good mix again there's somebody for everybody we've got uh you know the very large women clear down to the very petite women and same with the men and it's uh it's the, the, there's a typical core group of, you know, I'd say 15, 20 people that almost always show up at the house parties, but then there's another 15 or 20 fluid people that are never, you know, it's, they're, they're different every time. So that's why it's, it's, I, I, we've gravitated to them a lot because it's, it's a lot more enjoyable to us and the new people just starting out in the lifestyle. So they don't walk in the door and they're average and they see the, the, the fake boobs and the, the hot girls that, of course, every guy wants to get with, and the buff-cut guy that that every girl wants to get with that they're not going to even get a chance with, and everybody's going to go home pissed off, is what usually happens at the clubs for the just starting out, average swinging people.
1: Okay, I'm liking the sound of the house party. So, like, like I said, I've <laughs> had fun. I've had some fun at the clubs, but. Um, I, I think I like the sound of the house
5: party. <laughs> right. Right. And uh usually uh there there are also things called private clubs which technically is house parties, but they also charge an entrance fee and and uh, you know, uh and it's a little more, they have the whole house a little more set up for swinging. Like they they have bought a hot tub, they have a dance floor, yada, yada, yada. And th- those are what they're called private clubs. And usually they'll be out at somebody's house, um, kind of in a ruralish area and uh, and so forth. But the, the house parties that Kim and I are used to are basically just, hey, invite a bunch of people over to the house you got and you know, clean it up a little and uh, have some fun and go from there.
4: Okay, very cool. Let me, um, well, if you don't mind, we're going to ask you one more question. Sure, not a um, problem. I'm going to start off by reading um, a quote that from you, as a matter of fact. And sure. it says, uh, you'd written, I approach sexuality as a part of my life, but unlike practitioners of sacred sex, BDSM, MS, and other full lifestyle paths, it's more of a hobby or an event where I devote time to it, but then put it in the background. So right. Right, that I think... Uh, I think.
5: I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was I was saying, yeah, yeah, go I I think uh, to me, uh, I'm, w- without being a dom, I'm kind of the ultimate dom where uh, I'm in control of my own sexuality, whereas, uh, you know, I can turn it on and turn it off, you know, like just with a switch. And, uh, and I think most swingers are kind of like that. Where, well, Don't get me wrong, we're always looking forward to the next swinger party because who doesn't like a bunch of naked people running around having fun? But uh as far as um outside of that you know once the the swinger party's over to me i'm like "Whoo, i had a blast last night you chat about it with a little while and your friends and then i uh the next day i uh, get up and uh, mow the lawn and you know <laughs> you know take my daughter to the park and and uh the wife and i go see a movie and and you know and that's uh, i really don't have any uh any desire to continue it daily or anything like that. Unless, you know, somebody then a few days later calls up and says, hey, can I come over and have some fun, Eric, with you and your wife? And then we'll come over and, and make arrangements and have fun. And then, you know, it's just back to the daily life. It's it's more of a a, a sex release, um, orgasmic um, kind of uh, thing as opposed to being part of a spirituality, I guess, is, is, is what I'm trying to say.
4: Sure, sure. It makes sense. Um are there people that see it, see swinging as more of a lifestyle?
5: Uh the the lifestylers, I would say the real hardcore lifestyle swinger people probably are more the club type because they are the ones that buy the outfits and spend the money on on like you said the gym memberships and the 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 prosthetic uh, uh, breasts and the, and <laughs> and the club entry fees and they're there to impress and to have the the same type of people that come in now. Don't get me wrong. I don't want any club uh, people listening to this and get all upset at me because uh, I'm just I'm just kind of kind of basing on my own experience and on average I would say you know on the, the average typical club that I've been to, but um, but outside of that, yes I would say that the the more easygoing people who are just swingers and not really lifestylers that are are more of the house party type or. Uh, just call up another couple, have fun one weekend and not really do anything else for a couple weeks and then they search down another couple some other time and and, and, and it's basically more of a private matter between couples rather than even at a house party or a club.
1: Well, I've got one more question for you too. So, How do you find these other people if you're not going to a swing club?
5: Uh, The internet is a beautiful thing. Uh, It's uh, most of the time it's through friends of friends of friends of friends now that i've built up such a big network cuz i've i've got 8 or 900 uh, uh people in my uh rolodex here uh, on uh, on a couple of my uh, uh social networking sites and it's basically just going from there you you look for profiles online and through various websites um, and I try to stay within my area. It's pointless for me. I see a lot of swinger people uh, look at the pictures and go, he's hot, he's cute, and click on it. And they're in California when they live in Iowa or something like that. And it's just unpractical. You're never going to meet them unless you, you chunk down some money and, and make, a, make a weekend out of it. So I, I try to stay within the the websites or even just uh, the searches on the websites that have people in my own area. Look for keywords like lifestyle uh, swing, uh, play, uh, things like that of that nature, and then you uh, look at the profile and see if they'll kind of fit the group and house parties that you're going in. You're not you're not uh, looking for more aggressive people. You're looking for more of the hey, we're just looking for a good time, uh, having fun, want to make friends, you know that type of thing. And then uh, add him as a friend on the profile. Send him an email. Say we have house parties. Um, and basically go from there, and then it's usually just email contact for a few months until they get worked up enough, and and you keep sending them party mm-hmm. invites, and eventually they'll show up, and and then usually once people come to the house parties, they're like, I had no idea, I'm so nervous, I'm so scared, and then we get there, and it's nothing, it's nothing like you you know to be scared of, or it's like, oh, was that it kind of thing, uh, but, but but in a good way.
4: Very cool. Sounds easy enough. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, now, normally at this point of um, of the podcast, we give people the opportunity to uh, pimp whatever they're into, but you're just one of our podcast listeners, so I don't know. Do you have anything that you want to pimp? Do you have a, a uh, social networking profile sure. or Twitter sure.
5: or anything? Yes. You uh, want- yeah, if, if, if you're on um, MySpace, uh, go to uh, myspace.com. Uh, slash E-R-C-I-N-C-1 and uh, you'll see a picture of me and my wife, uh, Eric and Kim and uh, go ahead and add us and, and make sure you, you put in the, the, the ad that you, you heard us on the podcast because we get a million ads a day and if you're in the uh, you know Indianapolis, Indiana even Ohio or Illinois area that, that can make trips and, and would like to go to house parties, um, feel free to email us and and take the first step Uh, we'll be happy to talk to you uh, and and ease you into it because we've had plenty of experience and uh, we help people out all the time with saying yeah this is lifestyle for you or no it's not or here's some rules that you should kind of introduce first or even introduce you to old-time swingers if you're you're an old-time swinger yourself okay (laughs)
4: fantastic well i appreciate the uh, time today and um, as you know, we've been trying to find a swinger to talk to us for a while on the mm-hmm. podcast, and so we appreciate you uh, stepping up and uh, coming on here and giving us this little education. And um, First. yeah, we are totally uh, gonna have to do a little field research <laughs> if that uh, invitation open.
5: <laughs> the invite's always open, and I'll, I'll if you guys want to connect to me, I'll be happy to send you the party invites as well.
4: Fantastic! Thank you very much, Eric.
5: Not a problem. Bye.
0: Coming up next week, International Master and Slave. Bye, Don. Bye, Dan.